Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so very much. Well, uh, for those of you who are just now joining in, maybe you're hopping in halfway through the service, I want to give a warm welcome to all of you. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors here, Community of Hope, and more and more people now than ever are checking out our church because of how we're just distributing this online in a different season. So we're so glad that you've joined us, if that's you. And uh, if you are new with us, you want to connect with our church and get to know us a little bit better, do me a favor, just text the word hello to the number on the screen. And all that is is so we can send you a, a form to fill out so we can help you connect with with our church in a better way. So make sure you do that. Again, just want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We're so glad that you've joined us today. I want to say happy Father's Day to my dad. Happy Father's Day, dad. Happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, to Paul. Happy Father's Day to you and to my uh, wife's grandfather. We call him Grandpa the Great. Grandpa the Great, happy Father's Day to you as well. So all the dads, Wherever you're at, we are glad that you're joining us and you're choosing to spend a little bit of your Sunday here with us today. We hope that you have a great, great day. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be continuing our theme where we've been at for just the past couple of weeks, where we've been talking about this idea of being the bridge. And uh, we've been trying to take this cultural moment where we had a whole nother sermon series planned. And what we chose to do instead was to focus on what's happening in the news and on social media and on our streets and in our communities of all that's going on, all the dialogue that's happening around race and around injustice and also around law enforcement and how many people are coming at those from different perspectives and different starting places. And so I want to take a minute and just uh, not to Brown knows it all, but I want to honor Pastor Dale for leading our church into these delicate conversations. And I want to take a minute to also thank uh, Kat O'Connor to to thank Lens, Georges, Jeff Romero, Chad, Shane, everyone who over the last two weeks who we've spent a time of interviewing and listening to each other, as Pastor Dale has encouraged us to do, not to debate people like our culture does on all the news channels, but to listen first with an open heart to different people. And so we want to take a minute and honor you guys for that. Now, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to take a break from the interview style and we're going to, but we're going to continue to take a moment to talk about what does it mean to be the bridge, to uh, use what the Bible talks about for those who call themselves followers of Jesus, the ministry of reconciliation and to be peacemakers. What does that look like? We're going to take the next couple of weeks to also uh, look into some of that. I want to encourage everybody that, uh, that what Dale has said to us the past couple of weeks that we don't think we are going to solve systemic racism. We don't think we're going to solve tensions with law enforcement and all of those things. And however, we're going to lead into that. Like we said, from people from many different perspectives and starting places with this, we're going to create peace between everybody. If we just talk about it for 20 minutes on a couple weekends or do a sermon series about it. So many people in our culture have this wrong idea of look, ah, we've talked about it and now we're done. We know that this work is way more complex than that, uh, and it's way um, 
it's going to take a lot more of just face-to-face things. So what we're telling everybody to do is uh, to register for these discussion groups that we're going to be creating where you can build relationships with people. And it's called the Be the Bridge Discussion Groups. You could sign up for one at communityfolk.church slash be the bridge. Many of you, there's over 50 people who are already in the first interest meeting. We're going to be having another interest meeting, hoping to launch more of these groups in the fall. This is the deep work that we're trying to begin in our church. Remember, we are beginning these conversations in their infancy in our church, where we want to be on the leading edge of our culture to lead out as Christ followers as we ought to do with this. So make sure you sign up for those. Now, uh, this past week is actually... One of my favorite weeks of the whole year. Um, it's one of my favorites, not because it's Father's Day, and I'm going to get to eat chicken wings later tonight. Thank you, God. Bless God. I get some great wings. Um, it's not because of that. It's actually things that happen a lot before Father's Day. See, this week on the calendar, every single year, I celebrate more birthdays than any other time of the year. And this is just with very close friends and my immediate family. So, uh, on Saturday and Monday, my two lifelong best friends both have birthdays just one day separated from each other. One of them is on Saturday. One of them is on Monday. Also on Monday is my big brother Graham's birthday. Also on Monday is Beth Locke's birthday. Also on Monday, and this is a big Monday coming up, is my baby girl Susanna's very first birthday which is going to be oh so fun to watch your smear cake all over her face. It's going to be a great time. And so uh, I love this week. I love birthdays. I love celebrating. I love parties. I love all of that. Now, what also makes this week special isn't just birthdays, but it's one particular anniversary that I love to celebrate. I'm going to show you a picture here on the screen in just a second. This is a picture of, of 42 years ago of my mom and dad, Arch and Sue Johnston, on their wedding day. Look at those kids, those lovebirds. How about that? So this past week, they celebrated, again, their 42nd wedding anniversary. What an accomplishment. And uh, let me tell you, somebody who grew up in their home, their marriage is the real deal. Their love is real and Beyond the shadow of a doubt, they are my model for marriage, which is a really awesome thing to be able to say. And uh, part of what made their marriage great, what made our home such a haven of peace and blessing wasn't because they're perfect, wasn't because they have the perfect marriage, we have the perfect home or anything like that, but it's more along the lines of that uh, they made decisions about what they wanted their home to be like. They made decisions about what they were going to say and what they were not going to say. They made decisions early on in their marriage and in our home before my brother and I even showed up that they were not going to have the type of house that was going to have yelling. They were not going to have the type of house where people were going to scream at each other. They weren't going to have the type of home or the type of family, type of marriage where they would name call each other. They weren't going to do any of that. Uh, I've often said that what I observed in my home growing up is that uh, it was, you are allowed to be angry. You are allowed to be angry, but you were never allowed to be hurtful. That was never tolerated in my house. In fact, I had a great conversation with my dad this past week, and I was talking to him about, the, about that observation that I've had about my house. Again, they don't have the, nobody has the perfect marriage. Nobody has the perfect home. Everybody has their issues. But I would ask him, like, Dad, I noticed this about our house, that we were allowed to be angry, but we were not allowed to be hurtful. He said, you know what? That's right, because your mom and I made that decision that we were not going to do that. 
In fact, he told me in their 42 years of being married, never, ever, not once, ever, has he ever said a disparaging name towards my mom. Ever. I love that. About how they decided about the place of anger in their relationships and what it was going to be like in our home, created this wonderful culture that I have gleaned so much from as a son of his and what I'm trying by the grace of God to replicate in my family and in my home. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to be wounding in your anger. And this is so much of what we're talking about in our passage for today. If you have your Bible or your Community of Hope app, I would encourage you to go ahead and open that up now. And what we're going to be doing is Pastor Dale has kicked us off the past two weeks, framing all of these discussions where we start with this book first, always as the place where all of our conversations come from, our worldview, our values, our ethics, everything begins with this book, particularly what's been our launching pad has been Ephesians chapter four. So we're going to turn there now. And we've spent the past two weeks talking about the front end of Ephesians four. And now over these next two weeks, we're going to talk about the back end of Ephesians four. And so as we're getting ready to read that together, I just want to say to everybody, part of my strategy for today is I'm actually not going to speak to any one perspective of what's happening in the culture. I'm not going to talk about any sides. I'm not going to go there at all. What I am going to do is ask that the Holy Spirit would find no matter which starting place we find ourselves in all the dialogue that's happening culturally, that the Holy Spirit would apply it specifically to each person wherever they might find themselves. And in particular, I'm asking you a favor for this, for everybody who's streaming or maybe listening to this later. What I'm asking for is when you hear what we're going to talk about today, you are going to be so tempted to go, that's exactly what Bob needs to hear. If you're Bob and watching this, I'm so sorry, just picked a name. But that's exactly what Bob needs to hear. Yeah, he needs to hear this message. Wrong application. We're only going to apply this to ourselves and not judge somebody else with it. Deal, digital fist bump, boom. Okay, great, good. So we're in Ephesians chapter 4. We're in the back end of it, the last couple verses, verse 25 through 32. Here's what the word of the Lord has to say for us through the Apostle Paul. Therefore, each of you must put out falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must no longer, uh, must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray one of the prayers that uh, of the psalmist, that you would open our eyes today to see wonderful things in your law. Give us fresh perspective, Lord. 
Uh, Lord, we're here to hear from your word and to break out of our echo chambers of other things we're listening to, but to hear from you and your word and its authority. Would you come speak to our hearts and change our lives in Jesus' name? And everybody at home said, amen. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through this a little bit phrase by phrase in verse 26 and 27, just to dissect this one little section that I think might have a word for us, for our culture and what we're going through right now. So let's take a look at this. Uh, First phrase here is in your anger, do not sin in your anger. Do not sin. Now, so many people incorrectly think that to be angry is a sin. And the apostle Paul is very clear here. Hey, in your anger, just make sure you don't sin. Anger in and of itself is not sinful. In fact, in other places in the Bible, we even see that God himself gets angry and there's no sin in God. God gets angry at sin and rebellion in the Bible. God also gets angry at injustice and oppression in the Bible. God, the son, Jesus Christ, he himself got angry multiple times in the new Testament, particularly at those who were dead religious people trying to oppress others with their own dead religion. Very clearly in Mark chapter three, it says Jesus looked at them angrily. Another time Jesus went to the temple and literally flipped tables over uh, for people who were trying to make a profit off of their religion. God got angry. God, the son in Christ gets angry. And it shows us that there's a difference here. There's such thing as righteous anger. And there's such a thing as unrighteous anger. There's the difference. Are you righteous or are you not in your anger? Now, I know what you may be thinking, and this is totally what I do too. Anytime I'm angry and I see something that really gets my blood boiling, especially on social media, everybody, just going to say it, we will all jump on, we'll get angry about something, and when we get angry, more often than not, we think that, oh, well, I'm right to be angry about this, and I'm righteous in my anger. I mean, but come on, guys. Let's all just take a minute and admit to ourselves a safe space here that we are not as righteous as we think we are when we're angry. And we all need, just need to slow our roll a little bit, including myself. You know what? I give myself an easy pass all the time with my anger, thinking I'm right. When actually, more often than not, I'm way less like God if God gets angry about something. And I'm more like fallen me when I get angry. So I think the first thing that we just need to understand here is when Paul's saying, in your anger, don't sin. What we need to do is to start taking the permission slip away from ourselves that it's okay to be so boiling hot, angry all the time. And especially now. Let's just put the permission slip aside. Maybe God has something to say to me where I'm coming from about all this. Now, even though anger is amoral, there's nothing wrong with the emotion of anger. Um, anger is often a secondary emotion. Uh, usually when people are angry, they're not actually angry. They're either afraid or really sad or some form of those two emotions. Anger is amoral in an emotion in of itself. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry. But anger can create a huge opportunity to sin. 
There are so many creative ways we could sin when we're angry. I would keep us here all day long trying to talk about all the creative ways we could find to sin against each other because we're angry. We will sin uh, with our speech, with our thoughts, with our actions, or the things we deliberately choose not to do because we're angry. We could sin in all those ways. See, anger is not a sin. But oh my goodness, is it a dangerous gateway into all sorts of ways where we can wound other people and ourselves and our relationship with God. So it's very important. Paul says here, in your anger, in your anger, don't sin. Now, he goes into the next phrase after that, and he says, not only that, but do not let the sun go down while you are angry. Now, that's a strange thing to say, don't you think? It almost sounds like it's a little bit of a monster movie. Like, whatever you do, if you're angry, don't, don't let the sun go down or you're turning into a werewolf. Or uh, is it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when the sun goes down and you're angry, you better watch out. What in the world did Paul mean there? We have to understand the ancient Jewish worldview and the Jewish mindset. We think our days begin and end at midnight that the day is over, the new day has begun, but that's not how they measure days. The ancient Jewish worldview, and many uh, Orthodox Jews consider this today as well, that the day begins and ends at sundown. At sundown, the previous day is over and the new day begins. And so it's not about sun or light or darkness. It's about, hey, watch out for the duration of time that you allow yourself to be angry because of what it does to the human heart. And if you allow yourself to be angry for too long, it has a rotting effect in the human heart and anger will turn into bitterness and bitterness will turn into hate, which will turn into unforgiveness. And all these are just toxic to the human soul. Uh, During coronavirus season, uh, we've really upped our family movie night watching. I'm sure many of you have our quota, our quota for watching movies has gone through the roof with our kids uh, because there's not a whole lot else we've been able to do. And so thank you, Jesus, for Disney Plus. And uh, we have almost walked our kids entirely through the Star Wars saga, which is a really fun thing. Pray for me. I'm covered in lightsaber welts from my son. I'll walk around the corner with my coffee. Whack! Dad, the force is with you. I'll show you what force is with you. So, you know, this is my life. Pray for me. I love it. It's awesome. It's the best thing ever. It hurts. Okay. So, um, now if you're a Star Wars nerd, what I just said, you might have heard Master Yoda speak. And he says something like this in one of the movies. Ooh, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. See, he's just echoing the ancient wisdom of the scriptures. At least George Lucas was when he wrote that. And here's the idea. What Paul's saying is don't let the sun go down on your anger. He's not saying you don't want to stay too angry uh, at somebody for too long because it's going to hurt them. It's don't stay angry for too long because it's going to hurt you. And you will suffer. See, we fall for the trick all the time, guys, with our anger and our Outrage. We're a culture that's addicted to outrage. And we fall for the trick. We're oftentimes, I've heard somebody say this before, I don't know where it originated, but anger and unforgiveness and outrage, those things are like drinking rat poison ourselves 
wishing it would kill the person we hate. Let me rewind to that one more time. Unforgiveness and bitterness, anger that's gone on too long, is like you and me drinking the poison that we think is going to kill the other person. It's not good for us. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you stay angry too long, it's deforming to the human spirit. Don't do it. And so the apostle Paul then goes on to verse 27. And he says another little bit peculiar phrase. He says, don't give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. Now, I, uh, at first, you might think, is this a rock climbing term? Is it like a foothold, you know, to, to kind of climb? Is that what he meant? And that's not what he means at all. It's actually a military term used in the first century when um, an enemy army, an enemy force would come into a land. If they conquered a territory or a city or a village, if they conquered it, they would camp out there, set up their camp, set up their forces and all of their strength. And then they had a foothold. And so get this, what the Apostle Paul is saying is that if we let anger linger too long in our hearts and in our lives and in our relationships, what happens in the spiritual realm is that it's like giving territory, it's like giving land, it's like giving acres to spiritual forces of darkness to camp out on in our hearts and in our relationships, and in our lives. We just give them the deed and say, you're welcome to live here and wreak whatever havoc you have planned. It's a little heavy, isn't it? You know, um, I think one of the best people who spoke about this very idea most recently in the culture um, is uh, Coach Tony Dungy. Now, Tony Dungy... If you're unfamiliar with him, uh, he's a great man. He's a retired NFL head coach, and he's an NFL Hall of Famer. And Coach Dungy was known most notably for coaching the Indianapolis Colts to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Um, however, if you ask me, this is a good old boy from Tampa Bay, he will forever be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for turning around that franchise, for inventing the Tampa 2 defense. If Tony Dungy were to run for mayor in Tampa today, the men would win. They love Tony. He's a good man. Now, here's also what's interesting about Tony Dungy. He is the very first African-American head coach in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. And uh, he has a lot of moral authority on a lot of what's happening in the news and in our nation right now. In fact, he posted this on social media. I thought it was just so insightful. Listen to this. He said here, today we have a divided country. We're divided racially, politically, and socioeconomically. And Satan is laughing at us. Because that is exactly what he wants. Dysfunction, mistrust, and hatred help his kingdom flourish. Wow. Now, that's not to say there's nothing to be said for standing up and for protesting and for anything else that so many people um, are totally feeling led to do. That's not speaking out against any of those things, but he's just noticing what's happening in our culture it's like we're giving footholds everywhere on all sides of this issue because we're letting anger 
go way too long. In fact, he finished up this post when he wrote this. He said, we have to come to the forefront and demonstrate the qualities of the one we claim to follow, Jesus Christ. In the words of the Apostle Paul, and here it is, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Powerful words from Coach Dungy. Very powerful words. So, what in the world are we to do if we really struggle with anger and outrage and all the ways that it leads? Um, I understand this. I get it. Um, if somebody is anger and they're angry and they're addicted to outrage, it's not frivolous. Almost all the time, it's because somebody has deeply wounded you. I remember there was a season in my early years in college where somebody would just mention the name of one person to me and I would instantly go into a rage. I remember I gripped my steering wheel with white knuckles when I was riding with a friend and they mentioned the name of a person who I felt betrayed by and hurt by. And oh, I just burned when I thought of them and how badly they took advantage of me and hurt me and wounded me. Oh, I get what it feels like to be angry and to be hurt and wounded. What do you do if you feel that way? If this is not just some intellectual exercise and lecture on how, why anger is not actually good for the human soul, what do you do with what we said? Well, let's just go back to Ephesians 4. Paul gives us the prescription at the very end. Verse 31, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of of malice. Remember, this isn't about uh, trying to let somebody else off the hook or something else that you're mad about. This is about for the health of your soul, for your well-being. Get rid of it. So many people in our culture, including myself, we think anger is our ally and that anger is our friend and that anger makes us stronger and propels us and gives us passion. And when the Apostle Paul is begging people of every persuasion, it's to say, please, no, get Rid of it. Remove it. It doesn't help us. It hurts us. Pastor Dale quoted James 1.19 last week. And I'm going to read it again to everybody because it's so important right now. And he said this, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, if we all just did this in our culture, Christ followers or not, it would heal so many of the pains our nation is feeling and going through. But in my own struggle with bitterness and anger and rage and malice and unforgiveness, it was verse 20 that set me free years ago. And it says it here on the screen, because human anger, human anger, that does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. I learned to cancel my agreement with anger, to cancel my partnership with it, to not be an ally of outrage anymore, to say, this is not helping me, and it is not leading me into the life that God has promised me in Christ Jesus. And so Paul goes on, and says, get rid of it, 
He then says these beautiful, but incredibly challenging words in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. You mean the people who are kind and compassionate to me? No, the people you're mad at be kind and compassionate to the people who have made you angry to the people who've wounded you and hurt you and the people who do not deserve your kindness and compassion. Why? The apostle Paul says we should be forgiving of each other because just as in Christ, God forgave you and me. We didn't deserve God's forgiveness. Scripture says that's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. I didn't deserve the kindness of God, and neither did you. But this is how he has reached out to each and every single one of us. And see, when we forgive our enemies, and when we cancel the debt of those who have wounded us, and when we choose to let go of all of these things, we're remembering that forgiveness is not what's been about what's been done to me. It's about what's been done for me by Christ. And when any of us chooses to let go and chooses to be kind and compassionate to someone else who has not been like that to us, and when we choose to forgive one another freely by grace, because we've been forgiven freely by grace, what happens is that territory that we handed over to the evil one, he gets an eviction notice and the spirit of God kicks him out and heaven begins to invade our lives. Watch what happens if you begin to practice forgiveness of others. Heaven will break in to your life. And friends, just think about this. If enough of us begin to practice forgiveness, to practice ridding ourselves of anger and outrage and bitterness and slander, if enough of us begin to practice by the power of the Holy Spirit, the words of the Apostle Paul, if we do that, it's not just one person who has heaven invading into their life, but maybe just maybe heaven will begin to invade our culture and begin to invade our nation and will dispel darkness. And as the scripture says, and righteousness will flow in our land like waters cover the sea. This is what we need. Let's lead the way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, one of my favorite things about you is how because of your cross, um, Lord, your cross is the great anger absorber of the universe. It just doesn't absorb my sin, it absorbs my anger too. And I can join you in saying over those who I'm angry with, Lord, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Lord, I thank you that there's spiritual power when we let go of all that we're outraged with, all of our anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred. 
Lord, that when we follow you in your ways and obey your commands to forgive others, that it makes darkness flee. Would you make darkness flee in our hearts now and in our land and in our streets and in our neighborhoods and in our culture? Would you drive out darkness and everywhere in our own individual lives where the enemy has gotten a foothold because of our mismanaged anger? Would you, in your grace, send light to drive him out? And Lord, same thing in our culture. Lord, we repent of our sin. Come and heal our land. I would encourage you just on your own, wherever you're at streaming this, take a moment between you and God and not just tell God what you're angry about, but give him your anger and he'll take it in his nail-scarred hands. Pray something like this with me. Jesus, I give you my anger with, and just pray. And give him the things you're angry with. Take a moment, just you and the Lord, and do that now. worship you because you are gracious and merciful so in your mercy and you God who abounds in love and is slow to anger hear our prayers in Jesus name we pray and all God's people said amen thanks so much for tuning in with us today and worshiping with us just on a little part of your Sunday We want to encourage you that if you're ready to take your next step in faith, maybe you want to become a follower of this Jesus who forgives sins and changes lives. Or maybe you're ready to recommit your life to him. Maybe you want to be baptized. Maybe you want to become more connected with Community of Hope as a church. Do me a favor, just text the word next to the number on the screen or you can go to communityofhope.church slash next to fill out a form and we'll help you take your next step in faith. But friends, otherwise God bless you. Happy Father's Day, and go be the bridge. We'll see you next week.